want to learn how to manage your own investments? Are you ready to stop paying investment management fees and start building wealth? The DIY Investing Podcast is dedicated to providing you with the knowledge, skills, and resources you need to be a better investor. Learn how to make investments through the use of fundamental analysis, mental models, and business management insights. Now, here's your host, value investing expert, Trey Henninger. Hello and welcome to the DIY Investing Podcast. My name is Trey Henniger and I'm your host. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to get more great investing content. If you're listening on YouTube, hit that like button on this video. In any other platform, your five-star rating and review are a great way to support the show. Thank you for your support. So today I want to talk about another investing rule. Investing rules are these concepts that are simple and short, and what they allow you to do is limit your mistakes and improve your future investment performance and returns. How do they do this? They help you refine your process in small ways that allow you to learn from greater investors than yourself and focus on the areas that you can make a big difference. Today's investing rule covers options, and it's quite simple. Never buy or sell options. So that's the title for today. I think another way that I've thought about this is never pay for options. But I didn't like never pay for options because it excludes the selling options piece. And so while that covers buying call or put options, it doesn't really cover the selling side. So I don't want you to buy or sell options. I like options. I think options have some uses, but what I want is optionality. I don't want the physical option structure. I want optionality. And what I really want is I want options that I don't have to pay for. So I want you to not pay for options. Don't purchase options in the marketplace. And don't sell structured options either. And so what we're going to do is I'm going to walk through the four different cases because in structured options, you have calls and puts. So you can buy a call, you can sell a call, you can buy a put, you can sell a put. And to think about this, we want to get recentered on this central idea that I brought up in the last episode about never shorting stocks, which is that you don't need to be smart to make money investing. You just need to be consistently not stupid. Again, I don't know the exact source for this or who is the one that really led this concept. But the idea here is very simple. You're going to become quite wealthy over time if you diligently save and you diligently invest for decades and consistently avoid being not stupid. So options are a very common area where investors are stupid. There are incredibly smart ways to use options. But there's also incredibly stupid ways to use options. And sometimes they look very similar. And so if you are not an expert, then options are a bad idea. The problem is a lot of people think they're experts when they're not. 
And in addition, the entire structure of an option defeats the entire benefit of being an individual investor. There's all sorts of benefits and advantages you have. I cover them throughout the podcast. But options in particular are incredibly negative for individual non-professional investors. So although there are uses for options, I think in general, as a good investing rule that I encourage you to adopt, never buy or sell options. And this all falls under a key idea here. And the key idea is very simple. You cannot predict short-term market prices. Ever. Therefore, you shouldn't own options. Because what an option is, is you're buying or selling the right to buy or sell a stock at a future date, specific future date and time. So you can create a lot of value if you can perfectly predict the stock price for a stock in the future. If you know what the stock price is going to be three weeks from now, then you can make a lot of money from options. But you don't know the stock price is going to be. You might have high certainty around it, but you don't have 100% certainty. It's impossible to have 100% certainty about the stock price. It's impossible to have 100% certainty about the stock price, even if a buyout offer has been received. You can never predict short-term market prices. But the entire point of options is to make money off of short-term market prices. This is not the area for a beginning investor. This is not the area for an intermediate investor. And in general, it's not an area for an expert investor. You can become incredibly rich, incredibly wealthy, achieve all of your financial goals, and never, ever buy or sell options. So I highly encourage you to adopt this rule. For many people, that five-minute piece is all you need to hear to know to never buy or sell options. But some of you are going to want a more detailed rundown of why this is a bad idea in each of the four major cases. And so that's what we're going to do now. So if you didn't take my word for why options are a bad idea, let's go through them. So there's four cases, again, buying calls, selling calls, buying puts, selling puts. So first, calls. What is a call option? A call option is the right to purchase a stock at a specific price, at a specific time in the future. So there's various differences between American and European options, um, but we're just gonna simply take that structure. So calls are the right to buy a stock. And what they are is they are time limited, so there's a certain period of time in which you are purchasing that option, and there's a specific strike price. So you're predicting a specific stock price. So a call option is a purchase option, at a specific price, at a specific time. You can tell just from the definition of a call that this is market timing. This is predicting the future. You're predicting a specific price over a short time period. That's not possible. There's no certainty in this game. This game is 100% speculation. Investors shouldn't be speculating. This is 100% speculation. So, If that's not enough for you, let's talk specifically about buying calls and selling calls. So the first scenario is buying calls. So when you buy a call, let's say you're buying a call option of Disney. And that call option is for two weeks from now. And you have the right, (coughs) 
You have the right to buy shares of Disney stock at $200 a share um, for the next two weeks. And so you're going to pay for that right from another person and they're going to sell you that right. So these are, these are, this is a zero sum game here. You're either buying a call or selling a call. And if you're buying, what your structure is, is you have limited downside, but infinite upside. Technically, the stock price of Disney could go to zero, or it could never go above $200 per share, which means the, the call option you purchased would expire worthless. On the other hand, Disney stock could go up to the price of $300, $500, $1,000, per share. It's not likely, but it's possible. And so the structure of this bet is limited downside, infinite upside. So it sounds appealing. However, there's a very big negative with buying call options. One, you're paying a premium. This is a cost. You're having to purchase this option. You're paying money for it. And that cost is a net negative on your, your the return of your portfolio because options are generally expected to expire worthless. You're gambling here that the price is going to reach your target price. There's a gamble. This is... Yeah, it's, it's, it's speculation and gambling, which is where the area of these options are. But there's another negative, and the, this is the big one. You have a time limit now. If your price isn't reached within two or three weeks when you bought that option for, then your money is gone forever. Every penny you spent on this option is lost. And so instead of buying Disney stock directly, where if the price, you know, if you thought it would go to $200 and you bought it at $100, but it only reached $190, well, you still made a profit. But if you bought a call option and you didn't hit your target price, then you get nothing. You lose everything. It's a terrible setup because maybe it hits $200, but it hits it a week after you thought it did, or it hits it two months after you thought it did. You're not allowed to wait any longer. You only bought that option for a specific period of time. And so time is working against you. And normally time is on the side of a long-term investor. So if you're doing options, you are by definition not a long-term investor. You're by definition not even an investor. You're a speculator. And you're not just a speculator, you're a short-term speculator. So you want your time to work for you, and buying calls does not work that way. So let's talk selling calls. So selling calls is the opposite. You're selling the right to buy a stock at a certain price to somewhere else. Well, technically, there's two ways to do this. So one is naked call options, and the other one is covered call options. So if you sell a naked call, that means that you're selling the ability to buy a stock to someone else that you don't own. So this is basically exactly equivalent to shorting a stock. So pretty much my episode last week about don't ever sell or don't ever short stocks should cover this scenario. Basically, you should never sell an option because you have unlimited downside. You could lose all of your money. You could go bankrupt by selling naked call options. So this is a clear negative. And what selling calls does is they have limited upside and infinite downside. Again, just a terrible structure. 
So how do you limit your downside with the selling calls? Well, the other way to limit your downside with selling calls is you can sell covered calls. So covered calls means you own the stock and you've now taken away the upside of the stock that you've already determined that you like. So this is terrible because what it is is, let's say you own 100 shares of Disney. Well, you could write you could sell a call option on Disney stock and say, if this price hits $200 a share, then I'm willing to sell it to that person within this time period. But what that means is that and instead of having the upside of what happens if Disney hits $250 or $300 a share, you only get the premium. Let's say you sold that option for $0.50. Cents. That means that you only get $0.50 cents when the stock price hits $200, $200 plus 50 cents. And the person who bought it from you might get the upside to 220, $250, $300 per share. You've sold the upside for a limited premium. So why would you do this? It's hard enough to find good companies to buy that you want to hold for a long period of time. So you should focus on buying companies with upside optionality that have the ability to surprise you in a positive manner. If you sell covered calls, then all of that upside goes to someone else. You don't get any benefit from it. So it completely destroys the strategy of buying quality long-term holdings. And so you, you really should avoid selling calls at all. So that brings us to puts. Again, you have two options. You can buy puts or sell puts. So let's talk about what a put is. A put option means you're purchasing or selling the right to sell a stock at a specific price. So calls were the right to buy a stock at a specific price and puts are the right to sell a stock at a certain price. So again, let's use Disney and $200. So you can sell the right to, or you you can buy a put, which would give you the right to sell Disney at $200. Generally, you might buy a put as insurance. These are known as, you know, they have limited downside and limited upside. Because a stock can only go to zero, there's limited upside. And because um, you pay a specific insurance premium, there's limited downside as well. So this is typically an insurance. If you're buying puts, you're buying insurance. It's no different than buying um, insurance on your house or insurance on your car. Um, uh, Purchasing a put is purchasing insurance which is a really good framework because the way I think about insurance is you should only insure the things that you cannot afford to lose. So you insure your house because if your house was destroyed in a hurricane or a tornado or an earthquake, it would be devastating to your life. It could cause you to default on debt. It could cause you to be homeless. You need insurance to cover that potential loss. But you don't necessarily, you shouldn't insure um, your television. If your television is destroyed, then you can go without television for a few weeks until you get a new one, or you can simply go without television for a period of time until you can afford a new one. And so paying insurance on that asset is a mistake because insurance payments always overestimate the risk of the actual event. That's how the insurance company makes money. If an insurance company wants to make money, they have to sell insurance at a profit. They have to predict the risk of an event, add a qual- add an additional 
part of the premium to cover profit and add an additional part of the premium to cover fluctuations in um, the risk that a lot of houses or a lot of things happen at the same period of time. So there's, you're always paying, when you buy insurance, you're always paying more than the insurance is worth. Always. So if you're buying insurance and you're consistently buying insurance, it's going to be a net loss on your portfolio over time. Your portfolio returns are going to be lower than they otherwise would be simply because you choose to operate with insurance. Therefore, it's a net negative on your returns. If you were going to get a 10% annual return over the course of your career, maybe now you'll get an 8% or a 9% annual return. And that is huge. It's significant. This could be millions of dollars in losses simply by the fact that you wanted to operate with insurance. So unless your market timing, which is, again, pure speculation, pure gambling, you can't predict short-term future, and you're consistently buying puts all the time, uh, I mean, and you're only buying puts at very specific periods of time, then you're going to have a net negative on your portfolio than you would have had if you didn't have insurance. (sighs) So selling puts. So selling puts is the other side. Now you're selling the right to sell a stock at a certain price. So you're selling insurance. You have limited upside and limited downside. Selling insurance tends to be more profitable than buying insurance. You'll see big market makers sell puts consistently. And on a market maker side, this can make a lot of sense because they're distributing that loss potential over millions and millions of bets, they're selling an insurance policy. But you, if you sell insurance, are not selling an insurance policy. You're making a gamble because you're only doing it once, twice, three times, four times, five times. You're not selling a million puts on a million different stocks at a million different times to spread out the risk and actually have it function like an insurance company. Instead, you're selling a single bet. And that single bet is a bad bet because you can't predict the future. You don't know what's going to happen. You're not diversified enough and you need hundreds of thousands to millions of bets in order to adequately diversify the risk of selling puts. So what happens is you have two options. You have naked puts and you have cash covered puts. A naked put just simply means that you sell a put that you don't and you're not going to keep the cash to be able to buy the stock at any time which means you run the risk of being margin called. And it's very similar to shorting stocks, and it's something that you should avoid. Um, Cash-covered puts are a little different. This means that you have the cash in the account that if you had to buy the stock at the price, or yeah, if you had to buy the stock at the price it was put to you, then you could do so you keep the cash there. But what that does is it removes the optionality of cash. Now you can't use that cash to buy another stock. If the stock market drops, not only can you not use your cash to buy a cheap stock that you've been eyeing, now you're forced to buy the company that you sold a put on. I'm big on optionality. I don't want to sell my optionality. And so what's happening is you're selling your optionality and you're selling your upside when you sell and engage in options. And so you, you should bet on yourself. You should bet on the ability for you to make smarter decisions with your portfolio. And by using options, you're betting against yourself. You're betting against the profitability of your own portfolio. And that's just a bad decision. If you don't believe in your portfolio, if you don't believe in your picks, why are you buying them? Why are you investing your own money at all? 
might as well just index fund. You're probably going to outperform. You're almost certainly going to outperform if you buy an index and never buy and sell options versus if you buy your own stocks and then also choose to buy and sell options. Options are a disaster. For almost everyone, they're going to end up in bankruptcy and massive losses. So let's bring this back together. Options are one of the easiest ways to lose a lot of money very fast. I had to make this episode because I'm seeing a lot of talk of buying and selling options in the current bull market. It's crazy what's going on in the market right now, but this applies broadly. The use of options is a way of increasing the leverage in your portfolio. It will increase your returns if you're correct, and it will massively increase your losses if you're wrong. You don't need leverage in order to be wealthy. You don't need leverage in order to become successful. You only need leverage if you want to get rich quick. But the, trying to get rich quick risks never getting risk rich at all and risks staying poor forever. Again, you don't have to be smart. Options are for those that are very smart and are making very good bets. You don't need to be smart to make money investing. You just need to be consistently not stupid. Using options is a way to be stupid. It's to take something that's good, some of your advantages, and turn them into negative. Turn them into disadvantages. So you see, long-term investors have time on their side. Option holders do not. High-frequency traders will also beat you on options. Even retail brokers that don't sell order flow for equities like Fidelity still sell order flow for options. And normally, if you're long a stock, you can't be forced to sell, but options can force you to sell when you don't want to. Options can take away the stock that you worked hard to buy. Options can force you into a margin call that forces you to sell unrelated stocks. You should avoid options at all costs because what they do is they introduce risk into your portfolio, they introduce leverage into your portfolio, they introduce margin into your portfolio, and they cause you to have methods whereby you sell your upside, you sell your optionality, and you stop betting on yourself and your portfolio. If you're an individual investor and you're listening to me, At some point, you have decided that it is better for your financial future to purchase stocks of your own choosing. I can't say why or what led you to this, but I can say you've decided that this is where you want to go. You want to buy and sell stocks on your own. You want to buy individual securities. That's what I talk about. That's what this podcast is focused on. And if that's who you are, if that's what you're focusing on, even if you're a professional investor and you're listening to this. What you're saying is that you have some skill level, you have something here that you believe that buying and selling stocks for long term provides you an advantage. Using options throws all that away. All of those disadvantages, all of the reasons that you thought being an individual investor, managing your own portfolio was going to help you, they're all blown away. They're all gone if you use options. Never buy or sell options. It's a very simple investing rule, and it's intended to limit your investing mistakes.
I'm not trying to offer rules that give perfect upside and allow you to become a multi-billionaire as fast as possible. What we're trying to do when I construct my investing process, and this is all this is, this is my investing process. I'm trying to provide rules for myself that limit my own mistakes. I'm trying to figure out how I can learn from other investors that are more experienced than me, and I can observe the general operations in the marketplace. And what I have observed is that options are a very easy way to lose everything you have. Don't introduce methods by which you can multiply your portfolio by zero. Options are designed to almost always expire worthless. In the money you put into it is money that's not being spent in a way that's going to compound over time. Focus on the long term, focus on your advantages, and never buy or sell options. Thank you for listening for today's podcast. The full show notes for this episode, including my outline for today's show, are available at DIYinvesting.org slash episode 113. Finally, this is a listener-supported podcast. If you've gained value from today's content, please consider supporting the show financially as a patron. I release four to five episodes a month, once a week, and you can become a patron at DIYinvesting.org slash patron. Patrons of the show can offer up to $5 Uh, as low as $5 a month or $1 per show to provide financial support to the show so I don't have to offer advertisements. At a dollar per show, you can support the show. And I would hope that if you're spending 10, 20, 30 minutes with me each week, that I'm providing at least a dollar in value for that time. I hope I'm providing a lot of value for your time. I'm hoping I'm providing $10, $20, $30, $40, $50 in value per show. A dollar per show is not a lot to ask, but it would be very helpful to me if you want to support the show. Thank you for listening, and until next time, stop paying fees, start building wealth. Thank you for listening to the DIY Investing Podcast. Please visit our website and subscribe to our email list at DIYinvesting.org for guides, videos, and resources to help make you a better investor. The DIY Investing Podcast is presented for general informational and entertainment purposes only. I have not considered your specific situation or risk profile, and I have not provided investment advice. The information presented on the DIY Investing Podcast should not be construed as investment advice. The views and opinions expressed on the DIY Investing Podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect those of the show's host or sponsors. DIY Investing, its producers, sponsors, and host, Trey Henniger, shall not be liable for losses resulting from investment decisions based upon information or viewpoints presented on the DIY Investing Podcast.